Hello, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Muso Podcast. It's another Monday and we hope you guys are planning on having a good week. Um, we're your hosts, Dengone, Hadi and Jama. And on this, po- on this podcast, as you know, we share a microphone for fresh conversations on current affairs and women's realities beyond a single story. And today, uh, before we move ahead, we would just, you know, begin with a trigger warning. We're going to be talking about sexual violence. But before we get into it, I'd just let these ladies tell us how they're doing this week. Jama? I think I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Will that ever change? I need a break. I need a break. But I'm doing good, um, in good spirits, and looking forward to the conversation. Ooh, and how is our Miss America, Hadi Cissé? First of all, I don't claim this country. <laughs> <laughs> she just has to be chaotic right from the first minute. Can <laughs> you imagine? I claim, I claim Atlanta, but I don't claim America, you know? Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm here, same as Java, tired. I think I've gone to the point where, like, you know, every week you're like, okay, but when we get to this day, mm-hmm. or when we get to this part of the month, things will slow down, but mm-hmm. then more work comes on and there's just no end goal there's no end in sight okay so that's kind of where i'm at so i've just been like okay you know what i'm just living and coasting through the moment and for you i'm okay i'm okay surviving gambia you know that's a whole but you know we're here (laughs) we're here we're surviving so it's all good just for checking with you hadi how's the phd going Winnie, why do you like to choose violence? I hope you're not no, going to I'm ask me anything as well. <laughs> I'm just checking in. Just checking if you're fine. Why are you asking violent questions? The girl said she's tired. Questions. Okay, fine. You, you know, you, you, you can ignore the question. Tell your mom to drop out. I don't even have any yeah. questions for her. Drop out and free. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to get into this week's topic, um, we... We chose a rather, um, yeah, trigger warning quote, but it's an excerpt from, you know, a poem by Wazan Shiri. If you know her, you know she's one of our favorite poets. And, you know, the poem is titled The House. And this excerpt goes, I should tell you about my first love who found a trapdoor under my left breast nine years ago, fell in and hasn't been seen since. Every now and then, I feel something crawling up my thigh. He should make himself known. I probably let him out. I hope he hasn't bumped into the others, the missing boys from small towns with pleasant mothers who did bad things and got lost in the maze of my hair. I treat them well enough. A slice of bread, if they're lucky, a piece of fruit. Except for Johnny with the blue eyes who picked my locks and crawled in. Silly boy, chained to the basement of my fears, I play music to drown him out. Oof, okay, so yeah, this poem is about her story with her body. I think it's a good way to get us into this week's topic. And um, for the last time, I'll just repeat the trigger warning, um, sexual assault, sexual violence. And okay, so yeah, we chose this topic because, you know, from our experience, personal and professional, we've realized that the Gambia has a huge sexual violence problem. It's a reality that a lot of us are faced with at home. at home, at, you know, at work, at school, you know, everywhere we go, basically people, especially women in this country, are, you know, face or encounter various forms of sexual violence from, you know, the, the slight ones or what we deem the slight ones in this country as sexual har- um, street harassment, you know, catcalling, peace and things like that to being molested and being abused at home by close family members, relatives, you know, at school by teachers, maybe even in your, at your madrasa or, you know, at the church, wherever you go, basically, um, yes, we recognize that young men in this country also encounter sexual violence and due to the nature of our society, they're usually not able to speak up about their experiences. Um, but this episode is largely going to focus on the impact of sexual violence on young girls and women in this country. And to begin, um, we, we want to explore gender roles and gender relations as children and how this plays into the sexual violence problem that we have. And Jama, would you, would you, would you want to get into that? Um, I, I think really we're thinking of this also from the perspective of grooming and how mm-hmm. especially little girls 
you know, our young girls, adolescent girls are groomed into inappropriate sexual relations mm -hmm. that are basically sexual abuse, sexual mm -hmm. violence. Mm -hmm. And um, obviously thinking of how it has been normalized in our society as with even the games we play as kids, mm -hmm. you know, Papa Akiai. Mm -hmm. And it goes beyond just the um, what's termed harmless toga, to the scenes where it's like, oh, goody jatna nendem tiddy. And what you're expected to do um, with that nendem tiddy. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, it's really how, how do we think about that start? Like mm -hmm. really that early, mm -hmm. how do those games um, contribute maybe to what we see uh, manifesting right now as um, forms of sexual violence, cases mm -hmm. of sexual violence? Because mm -hmm. you realize also um, when those games were played, sometimes it's like the guy's always older, mm -hmm. um, the girl is much younger. Mm -hmm. How does that translate into what we are seeing as um, grooming, sexual mm -hmm. grooming, I guess, mm -hmm. um, in, in present day, or mm -hmm. basically when we just start to get older. Mm -hmm. And for me, really, that's that's what I'm what I'm thinking of. And also just the relation of smajikar, smajabar, you know, mm -hmm. you see a little kid, and it, it's normal for a lot of people. Yeah. And just like, the pants banging me. Mm -hmm. What are you preparing them for? And how do those relationships sometimes... Um, grow into a situation where those older people, those adult men especially, mm -hmm. who have been seeing this little girl as Majikar Sumajabar will start to see her maybe reach puberty, her mm -hmm. body starts to change and then they want to take it further yes. and actually, you know, act on that Sumajikar Sumajabar. So for me, really, that's, that's really where I'm starting to think about it from and looking at how so many of the things we see as games and harmless things mm -hmm could actually be contributing to the problems that we're seeing right now. Mm -hmm. Habi, you want to add to that? Yeah, I mean, it's basically, I mean, you guys have both said what I, you know, what I feel, but it's so important to really interrogate that whole idea of at such a young age, mm -hmm. because a lot of the time, you know, you think about it, you know stories of girls that they're like 10, 11, and then there's this guy that's like, 20 something telling mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. and although it may seem harmless in that moment once that girl crosses like a certain age or threshold or like body sh sh you know once the body develops mm -hmm. all of a sudden the guy does make his interest known that wow like and stuff like that and it's mm -hmm. just it's disgusting mm -hmm. it's the only way that I can put it but it's like we've been groomed at such a young age that like it's okay that we've been taught that it's okay. And even that's why, so when you see a girl that's like early 20s dating someone that's older, and we'll get to that later, mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like such a huge issue because mm -hmm. it's been made to seem like, as long as you you always have to fill it in one way or another. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what the age. And I, I think um, the point that Jama raised about, you know, this whole papaya game and how usually... When it's time to punyudem tiri, you know the things that happen in that in, in within within or in that environment shows uh, the fact that we do not even teach thing um, children consent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So that mm -hmm. when she said that, I was you know instantly reminded of you know are these do do these children even know what consent is mm -hmm. and whatever is going to happen in that environment? Do they even know that? You know, I can say no to this part of the game. I don't want to play this part of the game. I'm only comfortable playing this and this and this, you know, part of the game. So, you know, these are all things that are usually lacking. And, you know, I, I think it's important that we focus this episode actually on grooming. Yeah. Grooming. Because grooming even goes beyond the games that these kids are playing and how that <clears throat> impacts um, their, their, their decisions basically as adults. But also comes to, you know, like Jama said, the familiar roles in grooming. When an older person is coming and giving this child gifts and money and things like that, talking about, you know, and things like that, and how that is basically conditioning the girl child that, you know, you should be comfortable or you should accept advances from this man because this person is someone, you know, who we see as a person who's meant to have you know, that form of intimate relationship with you because, you know, but I think, personally, I think that is it's a very deep thing to say. Yeah, yeah. And it also gives, um, I think our society also gives older men a lot of access to young girls 
especially through these practices like Sumajika Sumajika, but it gives older men a lot of access to young girls and not only access but unmonitored access because the moment this child is comfortable around you or the family is comfortable around you nobody basically monitors what you are doing with this child in private or you know in the absence of you know her parents and it, sometimes it, it, these things even happen in the parents' presence, but the parent probably is not looking out for these things because one day do not expect it, and you probably would not look out for something you don't expect. So I think um, that is something that is worth considering. And I think in some cases, even um, mm. I think some parents actually see it and just turn the other way. Mm -hmm. You understand? And it, it comes back to the point around Kidenyo Jahe five dollars and the next time we walk mm -hmm. and once you start to grow maybe they're taking up the responsibility of paying for your school fees mm -hmm. or something you know and there are certain situations that families can be in mm -hmm. that lifts a certain weight mm -hmm. especially financial from mm -hmm. them so it's pretty easy for them to turn the other way mm -hmm. and to pretend that nothing is happening mm -hmm. and to you know just tell themselves ah, that I never could see mm -hmm. even when they know that this is wrong. This is wrong. But because the child has grown up just hearing, even when they're kids and they're starting to turn, mm -hmm. nobody really speaks up and, and says, this is wrong. Don't they buy king alif in it. You yeah. understand? Mm -hmm. They put them on their laps. Nobody talks about it. Mm -hmm. So as they are growing, obviously that child believes this is normal. Mm -hmm. This is a person that is allowed to do this to me. Yeah. When I was a kid, he was doing it and nobody objected to it. Mm -hmm. So now, I mean, it's it's right. This mm -hmm. is what they are supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And they're not doing it from a place of I want it. It's more, I don't know better. Mm -hmm. Or this is what I have been taught to accept. Yeah. And so certain families, I feel, you know, even accepted mm -hmm. because of what the returns look like. Mm -hmm. um, they turn the other way because of what the returns look like. Whether it's voluntary or not, that's mm -hmm. another conversation. Mm -hmm. But I feel like sometimes it's not just a case of um, they don't know. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they actually do know and, you know, yeah, they just turn the other way. Because, yeah, that's yeah. that's what's convenient in that moment, I guess. Yeah, and I think before Hadi comes in, I just want to highlight that this, um, the, um, this issue you talked about, you know, people, you know, bringing in an amount of help that kind of betters the, uh, the, 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 the parents or the child's family. Mm -hmm. Is a bit more prevalent in you know families where maybe they rely on assistance from tourists because that is also why we have a huge yeah, child sex yeah. tourism problem in this country because some of these tourists are not vetted before they come in they come in under the guise of providing sponsorship or assistance to the child or the child's family and because of that sometimes for the reasons that Jama stated some families tend to turn a blind eye to some red flags. You may not actually see the act happening, but you're turning a blind eye to a red flag because of, you know, the benefits that you're, you're, you're accruing from, from this person. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's about like a, a greater good issue. Mm -hmm. It's like in your head, you're like, I'll just sacrifice my child for now mm -hmm. so that we can have some kind of financial income coming in. And it makes you, for me, like listening to this has really made me realize how privileged I have been growing up mm -hmm. because I remember and you know how in our communities we don't really we don't mention anything like for for what it is mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. wow. I just remember growing up and I remember my mom telling me this was like five six years old mm -hmm. but they're not really directly mentioning why that's an issue yeah. and how it links to abuse and assault. Mm -hmm. but it's just that mm -hmm. so it's like I mean and I'm you know I realized that having that privilege that I don't have to step out and someone gives me money and I need to take it because I can always get that from home. Mm -hmm. But that's not the case for so many young people in a you know in a country where the, the our GDP is like what a dollar a day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's really it's really um, so that whole poverty and just financial situations lead, lead significantly to a lot of you know sexual abuse especially for children. And mm -hmm. I'm so glad Go that you brought up the mm -hmm. whole sector. And, and I think even police man yeah like Sunya said, Dunya even said like that the Tubab are worthy of coming you know, coming to the beaches or anything of that sort, but they try to cut down like Halei or Jangayudenyo versus mm -hmm. like, people that are actually perpetuating the crimes and not the fact that like social situations mm -hmm. are the reason that like a lot of people are continuing to engage in, you know, situations like that. Absolutely. And I think even with getting into the Senegambia point she talked about, mm -hmm. beyond just Hale Akirinun, it's also how they just stop Gambians in general, especially when it's peak tourist season. Yes. You can't come in here, you can't go to the beach, we don't want you disturbing the tourists. Mm -hmm. But you go to the beach and you see like old men 
with little kids, mm-hmm. little Gambian kids, like mm-hmm. absolutely little Gambian kids. No yeah. other person with them that you could say, oh, this is a family member mm-hmm. to the kid. Yeah. And for me, every time I see that, I don't know. I just, my reflexes just go up. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't trust it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's coming from an assumption. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's coming from knowledge that these things are happening. Mm-hmm. But every time I see that, you know, my reflexes just flash mm-hmm. and I am in full panic mode like what what can I do how can I save this person but then again it's the point that Heidi raises if those people who are supposed to enforce the law mm-hmm. are looking at those things you're watching this person go through the barriers mm-hmm. and you're not asking any questions you're not trying to find out where um, these kids parents are where their guardians are mm-hmm. If anything, I mean, you could go to these parents and they'll tell you, oh, you're not going to do You know, more for their sponsor. So they, they've got to spend the day together. We've had the stories of, you know, those stories, for example, mm-hmm. the men who come, these white men, tourists who <coughs> come, book an apartment, yeah. you know, and then they have the kids, they supposedly sponsoring, come spend the weekend, and then they sexually abuse them, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I feel like those questions are not even being asked because as usual, authorities in this country always like to focus on the wrong priorities. Um, and pushing their energies on things that mm-hmm. are not really relevant. But these things, they are not chasing. And it's right there. Everybody mm-hmm. sees it. And I, I don't know. So I think sometimes it's not even surprising that, you know, the people, when it comes to child sex tourism, the security officers stationed at these places are not able to pick up on these things. Because if they themselves are perpetrators, huh. how would they be, or on what ground would they pick out, you know, other tourists who are doing this? Because I've witnessed a grown police officer who was basically, you know, catcalling and sexually harassing a young girl like this girl was a minor mm-hmm. and she's someone i knew and you know he was he was like darling makome and i looked at him and i was like first of all you're, you're a police officer and not in new york why would you even uniform? look at this child just because she looks big in uniform at a checkpoint at a police checkpoint so after that happened mm-hmm. i said to the child's mom i'm like kimi if he saw something going wrong, he wouldn't even he yeah. wouldn't be even in a place or a position to help that whoever to the victim is to, to even identify the wrong because he does not see anything wrong in him being an adult, a police officer in uniform, cat calling a minor and saying going to the extent of saying ne koku ne koko mei. You know, so <laughs> I don't know that it's it's a whole lot of issue. And it's it's always it's difficult to control grooming in the Gambia because of our communal way of living. Yeah. Because we, the way we live is mm-hmm. so interconnected. You know, most of our homes are extended families. And within that extended family, everyone is basically just trusted implicitly, huh? basically. So parents trust their children with everyone within the family. Whether you're, you're, you're male or female, if a mom needs to do something and, you know, she needs someone to hold their child or to help them look after the children, they would say, because they trust you they trust that you're a family member and you would not harm the child and you know there's nothing wrong in trusting Mm -hmm. people but there's something wrong in blindly trusting people because in this country we've seen a lot of cases where family members you know have raped and sexually assaulted babies you know i've seen a case where the baby was less than two years old We've seen three-year-olds, not even a year old. So we see all these cases come up constantly, but somehow we fail to learn from these things. We fail to learn that, you know, you can trust people. You can trust your family members. You can trust the teachers or whatever, but you should not blindly trust. You should always pay attention to your child and listen to your child. Look at the way your child, because even where a child has been threatened to not speak up about the abuse that they've encountered, you should observe the way that they act around that person. Mm. Are they too close to that person? Why is your child too close to that person? Does your child run away when that person approaches them? Why is your child running away from that person? Does this person spend too much time around your child? Why Why are they spending too much time around your child? Yes, it's good that we have a communal way of living, but what are the harms of living so closely and so interconnectedly? I think these are things that you know, somehow we overlook the mm-hmm. on it, you know, because we don't want to hurt other people's feelings. Mm-hmm. We, we, we fail to look at these things or point them out. Yeah. Honey? I think even like, you know, like you said, communal living is, is fine. You know, we all get the help that we need, mm-hmm. but the problem really lies in the fact that, again, we do not talk about the possibilities of violence and sexual violence in those spaces. Mm-hmm. So they're like, you know, you're not, sending that child in to just be very naive about it and you're like you know i mean obviously this is for children that are able to talk mm-hmm. but yanko and you know be careful that these and these and these things can occur mm-hmm. and if any anyone does so and so if anyone touches you in this way if anyone says 
something to you in this way. Come back and talk to me. Mm-hmm. That's something else. Well, we send them blindly. We refuse to acknowledge that people that we're related to can be predators, yes. number one. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how, how are you, if you're not acknowledging that your brother is the demon, how is your how is it safe to put your child in that space? Mm-hmm. You have to be, we have to be careful with who we're, we're leaving our children with. Because even if that person has not been a confirmed sexual abuser, you can still tell and they're signs. Mm-hmm. So it's just you denying that, okay, the person I'm related to does so and so. But you know it and then you're putting your you know, your child in that situation where it's still it's possible that they could do so and so if your child, mm-hmm. but your child won't even be able to come back and tell you anything because you've been in denial your entire life. Mm-hmm. And also the fact that you know even this communal way of living also, like we said, it it, it gives too much accessibility yeah. to predators. You know, they 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 access children pedophiles access children too easily in our communities it mm-hmm. happens too easily and it comes from the fact that at home nobody's really paying attention to this person and how he deals with children and at school does the ministry of education vet some of these people who are coming on as teachers i know it's it's very difficult to you know vet someone to determine whether this person is uh, you know an abuser or a pedophile or something that's a, that's very difficult and it's probably unfair to require the ministry to 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 have to do that with every mm-hmm. yes but then you know have they put in place strict measures in schools for them to deal with cases of you know sexual abuse mm-hmm. sexual assault and grooming you know because you know we we have a lot of teenagers a lot of school going children who have been quote unquote impregnated to me that's rape they've yeah. been impregnated by their teachers and for it to get to a point where that that child is impregnated by this teacher there had to have been a whole lot of grooming in, in, you know, in getting this child to trust you enough to be comfortable around you, to come to your private space and for you, for, for the child to also let you do things to them. That is all grooming. Grooming is a process. It's, it's not just a one-stop yeah. thing. It's a process. Hadi, um, do you think it's possible for the government to put in place measures to curb that grooming, that form of grooming? I think it's quite possible. And I know you said it might be unfair for the government to vet every teacher, mm-hmm. but I don't think that's unfair. And I think we mm-hmm. impose way too many limitations on our government. Okay. Because I think that's part of the job that they're supposed to do. Which you're, if you're going to raise you know, the next generation and if you're actually dedicated to making sure that the people that you serve are, you know, are healthy and they don't have to grow out of traumas, mm-hmm. then it's important to put into place, um, you know, measures that keep these children safe Mm -hmm. so i don't know how it's going it's very very important to have background checks and all of that for people that are working with children Mm -hmm. because even here for me like um doing research of young people i have to um i forgot what the name of the certification is called but like you have to go through certain safeguarding protocols Mm -hmm. to be able to be around kids i think for me um it's also the point yeah it's also the point that you have raised so Okay, fine. We can assume, oh, how do you go about the process of vetting people before you employ? I don't think it's magic. It's happening in other spaces. Um, And the same can be done, especially for people who are placed in a position where a lot of the relationship is based on trust. Mm -hmm. So um, we we always hear this conversation Mm -hmm. around, oh, children are in in homes, parents are in the same time, who are they spending that under under yeah. whose guard guidance is it under whose guardianship is it it's mm-hmm. the teachers it's the head teachers it's the authorities in the school mm-hmm. so for me i feel like that is a that's an important step that needs to be taken mm-hmm. but you just need to look at how cases of sexual abuse in schools are dealt with mm-hmm. to understand we may probably not never get to that point where people are vetted before they even get employed yeah, yeah. you know it happens and who suffers the consequences mm-hmm. it's the girl mm-hmm. you get kicked out of school you get blamed you get shamed you get named mm-hmm. in all sorts of ways um but the teacher if anything is just transferred to another school yeah. where they can continue to do the damage mm-hmm. um that they um that they know how to do where they can continue to prey on other little girls mm-hmm. Um, where they can continue to exert their power because mm-hmm. I feel like there's also an issue of power mm-hmm. We've seen the conversation in sex for grades um, mm-hmm. in Nigeria and Maybe we may not call it that here, mm-hmm. but it's it's a part of the process. It's a caution that happens It's how you know female students are groomed into you know, just trusting these people enough to say Okay, I'm just gonna do this. But yeah. then if I don't do it also, what are the consequences? Mm-hmm. I think those are some things that we need to stop and think about as well. Mm-hmm. What are the consequences? Is it a continuous failure mm-hmm. of um, this teacher's class? 
Um, is it being blacklisted? Is it always getting in trouble even when I don't do anything at all? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's also how do we look at that power dynamic when it comes to grooming? Because that person has some form of power over you. Mm-hmm. And it's not just political power. It's not just financial power. They have some form of power over you that they are using to um, get you into a space where you can trust them, mm-hmm. where you open up to them, and then what you open up about, especially your vulnerabilities, mm-hmm. that's what they prey on. Yes. So once you open that door, they're able to get in and just have you on a hold that might be very difficult to release yourself from. So no, it, it is a huge problem. And I think um, as, a, as a society as a whole in FATSA, we just need to have, a, have an honest conversation, you know, about how we treat sexuality and this is not even your intimate relationships but how we even observe and the comments we make on people's bodies especially when children are going through puberty you would see a young girl who was you know small and tiny and as soon as they hit puberty you know their breasts start growing maybe they start putting on a bit of weight they're looking more quote-unquote womanly or voluptuous or whatever and then all of a sudden all these disgusting comments start And the comments are not just things you experience from, you know, outside the house, but they begin from home, you know, your legi nakanga emi, holasa wang minakala em, you know, look how big your 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 backside is. Look at look at your breasts, your breasts are so big. And you know, these things are all things that are very harmful because you're sexually harassing the child. You're sexually harassing the child and, and, and that's the reality. And this happens too commonly. No, I think it's really true because I'm thinking about the fact that like it once you're so used to hearing people make all these comments and it leads to insecurity Mm -hmm. and once you're insecure like the first person that shows you some kind of attention the first person that tells you oh i like your body Mm -hmm. you go for them yes it's a it's a lot it is quite it is a lot. It is. And the, know, and really... the sad thing is, Tamik, it doesn't even stop after you, you've gone through puberty. Comments on your body would go ahead way into adulthood. You know, if you have a certain body no, type, true. you know, I think we've had this discussion mm-hmm. before when we were talking about modesty. When, when when you have a certain body type also, you're not expected to wear certain things or, you know, act in a certain way. And by certain body type, I mean when, mm-hmm. when you're fat, when you're big. You know, you're you're not expected to wear certain things because you're attracting undue attention to yourself. Yange yange faru, faru is the word we use. Yange faru gori, yange jayu, yolegi danga jayu, motangai defni. So in in that thing that is regarded as you faruing or you jayuing, nobody would regard any violence that occurs to you as a problem because basically you ask for it or you know you call for it. Yeah. No, la danga speak. So it's like. If you're like, I know we'll talk about this later, but it's the whole idea. And it's so started. You want to both and your quote unquote speed. Mm-hmm. If like you get older male attention, it's fine because the older men are who can handle you and not the men you, your age. The younger yeah. ones. Yeah. 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 This is, it's heavy and it's just, it's just depressing. But you know, you know, like you said, Hadi, if, if at a, at a certain age, you're being regarded as speed and, you know, only older men can handle you and stuff like that. That influences the kind of, um, romantic or intimate relationships you get into you get into as an adult okay. because as a young child even outside of people making those comments if you've been constantly groomed and you know molested or sexually abused by older men this is what you're trained or raised to see as what's right that kind of relationship that wide wider age uh, age gap okay. is what you're, you're raised or trained to see as normal that's what your brain or your body has internalized as a normal relationship so in that you grow up and you tend to gravitate towards um you know older men some of whom are predators yeah. like this is what they do they, they they their modus operandi is getting close to young vulnerable women like you and like a predator they can always point you out from a crowd they can look at you from out of a group of people and tell that this person is an insecure person maybe because of some bad experiences that they've had on, um as a child or you know some comments that have been made or for whatever reason that you're an insecure person and they would you know pick uh, what's the word that i would use like they would they would latch onto that insecurity try to make you feel better make you feel wanted and by doing that they're grooming you into accepting their their sexual or inappropriate advances and you know we've we've seen this happen a lot some of us uh, you know have uh, what's it called personal experiences of this thing and when that thing happens the blame always comes back to you as as the girl because somehow you're supposed to know better 
and the blame doesn't go to the older predator who's looking out for these young girls and basically abusing and molesting them it comes back to you because you're, you're supposed to know better you're supposed to do better and whatnot forgetting the impact that growing up with those insecurities can have on you as a person and on your relationships with other people i think it's also just how um how people just have normalized it you understand mm -hmm. to a point where when there is harm like you said nobody stands up for you and i think it points to the bigger question of sexual violence issues we have mm -hmm. and the reactions we see um to cases of sexual violence even if it's not yep. against minors mm -hmm. so all of those questions are things that are coming in from a point of oh it wasn't a person that actively sought to do harm to you mm -hmm. it wasn't the person that actively sought to violate your rights violate your privacy your mm -hmm. body it is you the yeah. person um who is a victim a survivor mm -hmm. you are the one we're going to point blame mm -hmm. on and obviously that's linked to just i mean our patriarchal norms and yeah. how all of the blame just falls on the girl mm -hmm. um and for me really it's it's what it's what allows grooming to continue mm -hmm. because people see it and nobody talks mm -hmm. instead of saying or questioning the guy who's so much older mm -hmm. who has no business being in any form of sexual relationship mm -hmm. or romantic um entanglements with a minor mm -hmm. they question the girl and say dafa dafa jok dafa wobot you understand those yeah. are the things they say mm -hmm. so we, we find all the many excuses and mm -hmm. all the many um blames or points of blame that we can put on the girl mm -hmm. as opposed to holding the man to account okay, yeah. the man who is older the man who is obviously overstepping boundaries mm -hmm. the man who should know better and probably knows better but is not acting on better mm -hmm. we don't hold them accountable mm -hmm. because it's easier for sand to just point on the girl because mm -hmm. one amun power naked girl munutawahal boapam sinko blames her she's not going to be able to fight back because no. then you're fighting against people who already are on the other side against mm -hmm. you so mm -hmm. how do you come out of that situation yeah hadi one more i just wanted to add one more thing it's come line when we the whole board and all of that so whenever something ends up happening like if you know there is a case of rape or anything that's how much easier it is to blame the girl because said when you met her room for on that more to look for delay like anymore you can go very got na kon that so it's like you're you're ignoring the fact that like this girl is completely you know she's young she's vulnerable the brain is not fully developed there's so many different things that we're not touching on but then it's easier to blame her than to let men be accountable for mm. for their actions and i think it's important that jemma said you know sometimes the victims are not even minors but they're young women who are very mm -hmm. impressionable mm -hmm. and predators would always 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 you know point that out and they would manipulate that to their own advantage and you know it's a lot <sighs> I you know. think they they sometimes do that also from the point of okay you guys say we shouldn't do anything with children mm -hmm. um so once they've hit mm -hmm. 18 then I can do what I want mm -hmm. you understand because then when she hits the fan it's like oh she's not a minor yeah matla you know matla munna consental boba but there's certain religions that are absolutely inappropriate mm -hmm. you know the power dynamics are absolutely off yeah that is not a relationship where you know the girl who is so much younger has any say mm -hmm. or they have any power or any agency or any autonomy to really make certain decisions to protect themselves um to protect their bodies mm -hmm. and to just say no to the things that they do not want mm -hmm. and i feel like a lot of the predators we have sometimes they look at that cuz i mean we see the conversations on twitter like how old are you mm -hmm. they see girls who like who have you know fully developed fully bodies. developed really quickly mm -hmm. probably look older than their ages mm -hmm. um in the context that people say that mm -hmm. and it's like kinyata Them, um, how old are you mm -hmm. i'm just asking so i don't catch a police case so yeah. they know what they is know. wrong yeah. but yeah. they're looking at the age of consent and thinking okay so pass a low low like then i'm going to um do what i want mm -hmm. because then at the end of the day society is going to look at it and say well it's the person has hit the legal age of consent mm -hmm. they're no longer a child and they're in a the position to consent and i think they really really take advantage of that situation even when they know a 20 year age gap mm -hmm. obviously there's some messed up power dynamics yeah. in there even that even a 10 year age gap yeah, so. translate into a healthy relationship most times oh you guys i think this is a good point for a break cuz This is heavy and like we said so you know we apologize for any triggers and we'll be back shortly
um, yes, we needed that break because this is heavy. But, you know, we're here and we have to talk about these issues because we need to talk about these issues. People need to be educated on, you know, all these harms that young women face in our society, especially grooming. And, you know, we're, we're, we're just going to renew our trigger warning. Trigger warning, we're talking about grooming, we're talking about sexual violence, sexual assault. So, yeah, so to pick up from where we left <clears throat> off, we were talking about older men who groom younger women. And we see this all over our society. There are older men here who they never get on with or they never date or they don't marry women who are within their age group. And, you know, there's a lot to be said about the, the, the power abuse or, you know, the power dynamics in that relationship. Because if, for example, the young woman is 20 and the man is 40, 45 years old, there's a lot to be said about how that relationship can be twisted against the, the benefit of the, of the young woman. Because this is someone who has so much more life experience than you. Somebody who has, you know, they have much more power. And usually they even have more financial power than you do. And, you know, when, when, when these situations happen, people would usually say, well, but like we said previously, do we even investigate or examine yeah. why, you know, these things happen? And, you know, the, what's like, what's, what, what's we use, um, like, robot, yeah. and whatnot, these are all words that are only reserved for young women. Yeah. Because as much as we have, you know, power imbalance relationships between older women and young older men and young women we have the same thing with older women and young men but young men in these relationships are not um looked at in a negative light oh. basically they're they're, they're seen as hey they basically it's like some form of uh, what's the word i'm looking for it's like some form of achievement that yo as a younger man you're able to have or date secure. or be married or secure okay. this much older woman, you know, who is rich and or wealthy or whatnot or in a better situation than you are. So we also have, I think it's all to do with patriarchy and how women are always looked at in a negative light. Yeah, because I feel like um, there's a stigma in being a female sugar baby, but with boys mm -hmm. or men, when they're, when they're dating older women, it's a valid way of getting out of poverty. Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, um, there is in Tuvabi how, like, you know, if a if a if a young bumpster, mm -hmm. let me use bumpster, married to a, an older Tuvabi woman, they're like, oh yeah, you know, get your points, it's fine, mm -hmm. reparation. But um, if it's the young girl, the 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 language and the dynamics are, you know, uh, uh, mm -hmm. the way we describe it is completely different. Mm -hmm. Because it just goes back to the whole Nyeme situation, and it goes back to like, you know, there's more shame. And it's interesting, even with the whole issue of um, seeking financial freedom or financial independence, again, um, when the guys do it, it's like, okay, I'm going to try to support family. Mm -hmm. um, they're trying to, um, they're trying mm -hmm. to uplift themselves. But when it's the girls like, it's a boogie. Mm -hmm. You understand? That's that's you're basically a gold digger, mm -hmm. and that's that's how you are seen, and that is why we sit in places and we see these tourist taxes making noise all over for a wedding mm -hmm. when it's like a guy who's secured or who's been able to get into a relationship with an older white woman, mm -hmm. um, because well, Kigen and Asigetobi, they've made it out. Mm -hmm. You understand? And for me, I think it's also really hypocritical because a lot of the families who sometimes support this know, okay, this is a person who's only doing this for their financial gain, mm -hmm. which is in itself exploitative of the person that you're getting into a relationship with, mm -hmm. who probably believes that um, you're doing it because you love them, yeah. you know, but then you're only doing this. And at the end of the day, it's also how people see that partner, mm -hmm. you know, wow. you understand? I, I feel like it's really nasty. It's really exploitative, mm -hmm. but it doesn't happen when, when you go on the beach, for example, and you see young women, you know, with older white tourists, it's always a look of disgust, mm -hmm. you know, that comes from people. It's always judgmental. It's mm -hmm. always Wow. Even if you're mm -hmm. not sure that that's what's happening, yeah. even if that relationship is built on love, it's always seen from the point of the fabuge. Mm -hmm. You understand? So for me, it really goes down, and it's really what we see again with mm -hmm. these relations. Even you know, in our context where it's Gambian, Gambian, mm -hmm. that's what we see. But the boys don't get blamed. It's like you're celebrated for drawing the attention of an older woman. Mm -hmm. And to an extent, you're also celebrated for your supposed sexual prowess around how you're able to satisfy 
you know, older women sexually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the girls, it's a completely different thing. And again, I, yeah, it's, it's just the patriarchy and how all of this violence is gendered. All of the abuse is gendered, whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, verbal, mm-hmm. whatever form it comes in, it's gendered and it's the women that always get the brunt of it. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought with the sexual abuse of young boys when it comes to like um, their first yep. sexual experience, when they mm-hmm. had Mindani mm-hmm. or something like that, mm-hmm. I feel like they when it's sexual abuse, it's no. just, the, oh yeah, you know, I, I did yep. it with an older woman yep. and it's like, bro, you, you're dealing with trauma. It's like, like a rite right of passage. And, and that in itself is grooming yeah. as well because mm-hmm. a lot of times also when we talk grooming, we're thinking just girls, girls, but that in itself, mm-hmm. you know, is grooming. Again, it's coming from a person that's trusted, usually someone that's caring for, for you, you the yeah. sanga, mm-hmm. inappropriately, mm-hmm. and that's really how it starts. They see yeah. how you react, mm-hmm. you know, in your private parts, how mm-hmm. do you react to that? They do it again, they mm-hmm. go further, you know, and then you get to a point where you feel like, oh, this is right, let me just explore, and then you go out and share with your peers, mm-hmm. and it's Oh, Manta Medefna, hey, wow. key, it's like a club it's that you like get, passage, get yeah. you know, initiated into. So, mm-hmm. and it's it's sad. Yeah, and, you know, mm-hmm. I, I like that Gemma talked about, you know, the men and their relationships with these white women. Because, you know, we have um, the sex tourism in the Gambia is very common. But somehow, when we talk about sex tourism and, you know, these relationships, we always only consider young women who are, you know, basically doing sex work within the tourism industry. But we also we do not talk about the young men who are also within that industry and are also engaged in sex tourism. Because, you know, they sleep with these, some of them, not all of them, but some of them sleep with these stories for money. Okay. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's funny. It's sex work, but nobody yeah, recognizes it's sex work, it as but, that. But when, it, when it's, men. it's men, it's not recognized as sex work. And that's why sex workers or female sex workers in this country always suffer attacks. Because uh-huh. a few months ago, some of them around Natukina were attacked on My two friend. occasions. Yep. On two occasions by men within that community because they saw them as immoral people who are engaged in sex work, forgetting that. A lot of young men in this country are also engaged in sex work. That's cool. And, you know, um, I think in relation to grooming, too, one thing is how much easier social media has made it for, you know, grooming to ta- groomers or predators to target young women. Because we have a lot of a lot of young, impressionable women who have accounts on Facebook, on Instagram, on social media. And we have a lot of grown men whose only aim or only objective of being on social media is put you get into their DMs. They begin by commenting on your pictures, nice picture, oh, you look beautiful, blah, blah, blah. From then they move on to your private messages, you know, and then, you know, that's how they, 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 they start grooming these young, these young women, having conversations mm-hmm. with them beginning with compliments you know and then in, basically initiating you or luring you into an intimate conversation with them and then building an intimate relationship with you where if you're not careful you may end up sending them nude pictures or doing things which you know you generally would not have done with this person if they had approached you on a, on a platonic level so i think i think that's also something that needs to be examined and i think um with that it becomes even harder mm-hmm. so we were talking about the family setting and how you know parents and guardians for example example, can mm-hmm. pay more attention mm-hmm. um, to the behaviors of children around people who like who may be harming them, who may be sexually abusing them. Mm-hmm. And with social media and, you know, include WhatsApp to mm-hmm. that, yeah, include all of these, too, yeah. you know, messaging apps, mm-hmm. you know, it's much harder because once because, you know, I have a niece who this happened to. It's happened twice, actually. Mm-hmm. She was given a phone um, and all of a sudden she got a call from mm-hmm. a number she did not know at all. She received um, the call and this guy was naked and was masturbating. In, wow. Yeah, just on the phone, just like that. You know, so she ran to my cousin, her aunt. It was like, hi, Auntie Holali. Mm-hmm. You understand? And that person was able to just end the call immediately. Mm-hmm. But imagine if she had not done that. Mm-hmm. Imagine if she just sat there watching it. And mm-hmm. that person probably captured her attention and mm-hmm. would do it regularly and say, go to a place where you are alone. Mm-hmm. You understand? Because then it gets into the kid's psyche and it's like, when this person calls, I need to be I alone. Need to be alone yeah. I need to be in a place where nobody can detect. And it's mm-hmm. in your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in a place where maybe the adults don't want to be checking your phone all the mm-hmm. time because they want to also honor your privacy, mm-hmm. they're never going to detect that. And yeah. so it's easy for that to continue for a long period mm-hmm. onto the point where maybe, because some of these people, they study online and then they book tickets and come tickets and meet and you and yeah. then mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think social media also just makes it even harder. Mm-hmm 
for that monitoring to happen, mm -hmm. um, for people to pay attention to the signs, because it's something that happens on your phone. Mm -hmm. You look at it, people can think, oh, this is harmless, because mm -hmm. they're not really touching, touching you. you. But yeah. it's bad, because they're grooming you to accept that. Mm -hmm. Being with me in this situation is normal. Mm -hmm. So when I am with you physically, it's just an extension of what we have had on the phone, mm -hmm. what we have been doing on video call. Mm -hmm. This is just an extension. And these are kids who probably may not know better. Mm -hmm. And even if they, they're growing older, it's again that acceptance of this yeah. as yeah. normal, that acceptance of this as harmless, mm -hmm. you know, and that acceptance of this person as someone I have trusted yeah. simply because we've been doing this for a long time. So mm -hmm. it becomes even harder to monitor. And now with kids having phones all over the place, it it's it's really scary. Not everything, it's even traumatizing for like a child to yeah. just pick up yeah. a call and somebody's masturbating. Yeah. That's wow. Just and twice mm. I was like, mm. take her phone. No. Don't give them phones. Why are you giving them? Phone? Get them simple phones. Mm -hmm. If the goal is to communicate with them while they're in school, get them simple phones. Yeah. You know, call them, text them, keep it at that mm -hmm. until they get to an age where they're emotionally mature. Mm -hmm. They're more understanding phone. of the things that happen around them mm -hmm. um, before they, they 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 move on to smartphones. But this is the world we're in. Yeah, I mean, I want to also. And with age gaps, I want to bring back the whole social um, social media thing too with age gaps because mm -hmm. social media is a good tool that yeah. these men will keep tabs of your age because as soon as they think you've turned 18, they can start sending the eye the, the emoji. Yeah. And it's just so important to remind people it should be common sense, but legality doesn't mean that something is right. Perfect. You know, you're, you cannot... You cannot be almost 40 and DMing someone that's 18 and mm -hmm. then telling them, oh, you know, you get me so well. Mm -hmm. Wow. If I wasn't married, I would make you my wife. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Like, that's not how it works. And even from a development perspective, mm -hmm. um, so with the brain, right? Obviously, the brain has many, many parts. It's not just one gray blob. Mm -hmm. But like the prefrontal cortex, mm -hmm. um, that's where like your rationality, decision making, you know, developing understanding and differentiating between good and bad that's mm -hmm. where it develops mm -hmm. but the prefrontal cortex doesn't finish developing until at least around 25 wow. so before that you mm -hmm. know as adolescents you want to do thrill seeking you want to do you know mm -hmm. you're not thinking rationally and you have a, a valid biological reason for not thinking rationally yeah. so for someone that's 40 to come to an 18 year old and try and do the whole like you know or hot you're so smart, you get me, blah blah blah. You're lying because you know that her brain isn't fully developed. Like you know for a fact that like you know, she's not fully developed mm -hmm. where she needs to be mentally for mm -hmm. you guys to even have a relationship that's capable of huh. achieving something. And first of all, you're most likely cheating on your wife too to begin with. So that's also another reason why I kind of don't recommend like dating or serious relationships before a certain age because your brain is not capable huh. of handling it. But mm -hmm. then if you have someone that's grooming you, someone that's much older coming and telling you things that they know that will work because mm -hmm. they know that you want to hear it, mm -hmm. it's just a recipe for disaster. And it's, again, it's stuff that you end up having to like, you are, if you're 18 dating someone that's 40, maybe until you're like 26, 27, you don't realize how much of yep. a traumatic incident it actually yeah. is. Mm -hmm. And then you sit there and unlearn and like heal from all of that and then learn what a proper, like, you know, healthy adult relationship is. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, I, I had this, I had this conversation with uh, somebody and that person was, you know, a much older person in their thirties. And, you know, they, they, they were having, he was having a relationship with a girl who was just barely 20. And, you know, I was trying to point out to this person that, listen, you are claiming that this person, this child has changed your life and whatnot. This child is not even mature enough to change her own huh. life. Huh. So how can she change your life? And that, you know, this relationship is even fucked up from the beginning because there's a power imbalance. You're more mature than this child, way more mature than this child. And I would, con like, I continue calling her a child because I was like, she's a child. She's 19 yeah, turning 20. Amazing. She's a child. And you're more, you're more mature than this child. Mm -hmm. And you're obviously in the better position to manipulate her thoughts, manipulate her beliefs, manipulate the way she lives her life because you have that power over her. She would look at you as mm -hmm. a, an authority figure, even though it's an intimate relationship. She would still look at you in that way as in Nankomak. And Nankomak turned up to be in a relationship with this person. But this person was not about to hear it because, you know, you know, I love her. She loves me. She's changing me. That is a whole lot of bullshit. Please. Bullshit. And like Hadi said, dating before a certain age, 
do not recommend because I don't know about you, but like I've I've made certain mistakes that I look at now and I'm like, why did I even think I had sense? Because clearly I did not have a brain back then. So There's a lot to be said about that, and also how you know sometimes grooming and even um, sexual assault in general is a way of men exerting control over you. Yeah. You know, basically to 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 teach you a lesson, and we see this in in. Um, increased cases of revenge pornography for example in this country you know, yes there's yeah. laws against pornography but every few months or every few weeks we hear of a case of a person who has you know taken an intimate picture maybe the victim is the one who shared the intimate picture of you or you took the intimate picture without the victim's consent and then you share that that picture with third parties and basically i don't know personally i believe people who do this just do this to control you to humble you to teach you a lesson mm -hmm. to show you that even as great or as fine as whatever as you are they still have the power to break you and they use that as a way to control you and it's just it's just messed up i think that conversation about breaking you is one that we should have because mm -hmm. you see um like you said for example earlier on you spoke about how um they can view you or they can see you among a group and can easily identify which one of these I can easily manipulate. Mm -hmm. But I think it's also how they can see somebody who is um, confident in who they are. Mm -hmm. um, they're working towards achieving their goals. They're working towards success. And they're achieving um, those goals that they have set for mm -hmm. themselves. And they feel, oh, I need to cut their wings. Yeah. I need to humble them. Mm -hmm. I need to... Um, to break them basically i need to exert some form of power and mm -hmm. control mm -hmm. and that is how they go on and do that and it happens even i know we're talking about grooming especially in relation to older men and younger women mm -hmm. but even to older women yes in cases where you're vulnerable you're sleeping mm -hmm. for example you know or you've been drugged for example yes. and mm -hmm. you absolutely have zero power to stop mm -hmm. what is happening mm -hmm. so they do that to exert power and it's a pattern it's really mm -hmm. the same kind of people who yes. do these things Always. it's really the same kind of people who are seeking out teenagers mm -hmm. um who are struggling with insecurities mm -hmm. who are struggling with trauma who've probably not even started their journey of healing mm -hmm. you know and then bringing them into your circle getting them to trust you yeah. and then you preying on that trust and preying on their vulnerabilities mm -hmm. it's the same kind of people that do these things yeah. and so it's it's a pattern um and it's kind of like a, a book that they follow the guides mm -hmm. are there they follow that and they continue to do it because, well, our laws only serve as decoration mm -hmm. on the shelves where they're packed after being passed. Yep. And that's that's the problem I think we have. But also just how society, again, doesn't offer any protection whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So if the law's not working, how do we ensure we're actually supporting these victims through the process of healing, mm -hmm. but also coming together to rally for justice? How do we ensure um, if the authorities don't want it, the people demand it? Understanding yeah. that we are the ones with the power to demand this from our authorities i think you know these are it's 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 clearly a power issue yeah, it's, it's sexual issue. abuse it's sexual violence it's an issue of power mm -hmm. it's about somebody who has power over you and can use it over you in mm -hmm. a certain period mm -hmm. and most times there's really nothing you can do about it yep. how do you want to add something to that i think like for example in a place like gambia gambia has really great laws mm -hmm. on child protection mm -hmm. and just you know on a lot of different issues mm -hmm. but who's enforcing those laws yeah and and that's where I think that's where it all comes down to because yeah you can have this great piece of paper that's telling you that this and this is this is wrong and this and this and that mm -hmm. but no one's enforcing it because the people that are meant to enforce it don't believe in it mm -hmm. and they're the same ones that are practicing yeah. stuff that they're not supposed to be um, you know that they're supposed to be fighting against mm -hmm. so it's really 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 difficult like I know I always bring it up anyone who knows me knows I bring it up all the time but like the whole Gemma when we went to the um, we went to parliament when uh -huh. they were passing the child marriage act. Mm -hmm. Well, because it's one of those, it's honestly one of those things for me as like, as a quote unquote activist that has defined my work. Mm -hmm. Because realizing yeah. that the people that are meant to be fighting for you are actually your biggest enemies. Yeah. It's a wake up call. Yeah. That, that was a it tough is. one. That it's was a tough people. one to take in. And not too surprising, to be honest. I mean, for me, it wasn't very surprising. But it was just shocking, especially with the context within which it was happening. Mm -hmm. We were there to discuss, um, we were there basically for them to engage with kids and adolescents, including some survivors of child marriage mm -hmm. ahead of the big national event of the assembly passing the law on you know child, child marriages marriage. and everything was just focused on blaming the girls everything was just focused on control controlling their sexuality um it was it was <laughs> i don't know <laughs> 
Anyway, and you know, this whole thing on control is also visible in this sugar daddy, sugar baby relationships. Yep. We may have mentioned this before, but mm. you know, um, the whole dynamic of the relationship is just exploitative in that, you know, people look at these relationships and they think, you know, you know, they're slay queens, they want to get the bone straight hair, they want to get new dresses, new shoes and whatnot. But nobody actually looks at why these men, these older men, are serially known to be dating younger women. And nothing happens. And nothing happens. Like, I, I have no words. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's like, you know, we all know these men, they, they're older, send more me papa, send more me mom, whatever. And they always, like, there are men in this country, Yohanda, people know them to be, you know, serial sugar daddies. You know, they're always dating younger women, but nobody ever points a finger at them and says, this man is actually disgusting for doing this kind of thing. No, it's always, why are they with these men? Why are they with this man? But why are these predators, to me, they're predators. Why, why are these predators going after these young men, young women? But anyway. Because again, like, it's what we were talking about. Because you look at these people, I mean, generally the trend is also, they're rich, they mm-hmm. have power, they have some space in the circles of influence, yeah. you know, so, mm-hmm. people will just shout about it. It's just like how we spend all of our energy, you know, making noise and talking about the cases and then nothing happens nothing because happens. what they Absolutely. have, how? they have space in those corridors of power. So mm-hmm. obviously it's with that impunity that they move. They move with that knowledge of, I can do whatever I want I and get away it. with it because mm-hmm. my money will cover me, mm-hmm. my status will cover me, you know, my, my powerful influential people will cover me yeah. so you know to hell with what anybody else thinks um i i hate bringing up um issues of uh what's it called women against women or whatever but there's also something to be said about some women who would literally die protecting or yep. you know uh, yeah basically protecting men who are accused of sexual <laughs> assault or, or being predators like that's a hill they would literally die on they would kill their entire generations on that hill but they must defend and protect these men like pledge loyalty to pledge them. loyalty to them they would go all out especially if a case goes to court or something, they would go all out to just push your agenda and just defend you and protect you and whatnot. Like, what do you gain from it? Why do you hate yourself? Please. It's conditioning. It's complete conditioning. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, again, that's why I don't... For me, I always... I Obviously, I say men are bloodclots a lot. (laughs) But I think what we always need to remember is patriarchy is the enemy. Mm. Yeah, man versus woman, not any of that. It's like we're all in society where we're conditioned so Mm -hmm. much by the patriarchy Mm -hmm. that you feel like if you don't align yourself to it in one way or another, you're going to lose. And most of the time, you will lose. You will lose, yeah. You know, depending Mm -hmm. on what definition of lose is. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you want to be the good woman that's out there, you know, protecting men, being a wife, being all of this, then you have to... You want to align yourself to the system that will help you elevate your societal status, which is the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. So it's like these women sitting there, because it's the same women that are sitting there defending men. Those are the ones that, you know, will believe in FGM, will believe in a lot of other practices that they know are harmful yep. and a lot of thoughts and ideologies that they know will bring about issues. Mm-hmm. But then again, they know that by aligning themselves to that, they believe, not that they know, but they believe that if they align themselves to that, then the um the effects of patriarchy will be less harmful because then at mm-hmm. least they will have a man that will protect and believe in them. Yep. Even though men will not even do that. Yeah, sometimes, so, you know, when you talk about these yeah, things, yeah. the situation seems bleak, but, you know, we cannot give up. We, we cannot give up. We will not give up. Mm-hmm. We will keep fighting and, you know, wherever we stop, I'm reassured and, you know, I look at some of these women who are younger than me. I look at them and how fierce they are yeah. and how um, unapologetic yeah. they are in their beliefs, you know. And I, I have hope. I have hope that, you know, the torch would be passed on. There were women who came before us. They they yeah. fought the fort and, you know, they passed on to us. And I, I, I believe, you know, even if it doesn't change 100%, things will change. And one of the evidence of, of, of that change happening is that the recently launched um, the Victim Helpline. I think it's a mm. collaboration between NGBV and the government and, and some other people. Mm. And it's uh, 1313. So if you're listening, this is a helpline that you can pass on to, you know, your sisters, you know, 
basically all the women you know pass on the helpline to them you're experiencing any form of you know violence sexual violence gender-based violence you know even if you if you feel like you're being intimidated or you know being forced to eventually do something this is a number that you can call and you know they would provide the requisite assistance to you it's 1313 it's a, it's a helpline i think it's toll free as well yeah. so you for don't even networks. yeah yeah in for all networks in the gambia so you don't even need credit to call just dial the number and somebody would pick up and you know they they they'd give you the help that you need so i think that's a good place to end this week's episode but you know as usual on a lighter note before we close we would want to highlight our muso of the week and hadi could you please do the honors yes i mean and also um before i even go into the muso of the week i just want to say that if this episode is heavy please take a second take you know take your deep breaths and do what you need yeah. to do to center yourself yeah. understand that this is a struggle that is shared globally mm-hmm. and you know as women we are here your sisters and there's always a lot of resources to look into i mean don't ever hesitate to reach out if yeah. you have resources on you know different things and also thanking goni for highlighting the helpline mm-hmm. but our our muscle of the week is a collective muscle this year so in 2019 a very 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 brave collective group of young girls and women came together to identify and name the predator mm-hmm. slash abuser mm-hmm. and so our muso of this week you is know, the collective of just surviving melville survivors yeah they did something that was yeah. unheard of they mm-hmm. did something that was so brave they put themselves out on the line and they said this is the man that did it mm-hmm. and it it was a call it was such a huge call because so many other young girls and women were able to come out and be like yes you know it it wasn't a one person thing it wasn't a one time thing he did yeah. this to me mm-hmm. i know people he did this and this to he almost did so and so to somebody and you know it, it it's a big thing i don't think we realize how much of you know how huge it is to decide that you're going to say that this happened to me and this is the person that did it especially mm-hmm. in our community and so if anyone deserves most of the week it's them thank yes. you so much for sharing your story uh-huh. with us thank you for telling us your story mm-hmm. and you know for allowing yourself the ability to tell your story and for allowing yourself the space to start the healing process yes, yes. absolutely they're amazing and when i when i said that you know when i when i see this younger group of women i feel hopeful i think they are the reason a lot of them are the reason why i feel hopeful because uh-huh. they are so brave they're so unapologetic and you know they just they're everything i wish i was when i when i when i was their age absolutely yeah. and you know mm-hmm. you guys even i keep saying even if nothing comes out of it the mere fact that you spoke up and you were so open about it and you fought tooth and nail okay. that is just that alone is something to be proud of and yeah. we are very proud of you and you know we're always here for you yeah. always so yeah um that that was a huge moment i i think you know we can't get to a point where it's like nothing came out of it mm-hmm. a lot has come out of it um even though obviously justice is still not something that these girls are probably thinking they can get yeah. um but i think just that act of coming out in gambia mm-hmm. you know and naming the person and mm-hmm. being gaslighted and, and watching him get supported by media and you know his crew and still mm-hmm. i think even what's worse still seeing him mm-hmm. freely expressing his views freely abusing these women and doing whatever it is he wants by people yeah um who always get up and say we're about women we're about the cause but these are the people who are uplifting him i think that that is a huge slap in the face but what we do want to let you know is we believe you mm-hmm. we stand with you we continue to fight with you we'll continue to amplify your voices in every way that we can mm-hmm. and thank you so much for your voices thank you for your service mm-hmm. so yeah but um like hadi has said take time to center yourself center your needs center your feelings um and understand that we're all doing this work together yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, one more thing i think it's so important to remember that no one can force you to forgive anyone especially mm-hmm. in our you know in our community where we're so big on mm-hmm. fake violence mm-hmm. so it's important that like you know and especially from people older women that you think you trust that mm-hmm. are in, in important spaces mm-hmm. that are also friends with these abusers they cannot come and tell you to let stuff go mm-hmm. because you're the one that dealt with it and you're the one that continues to deal with it mm-hmm. so you can't they can't tell you to let go of something and they can't tell you that oh okay but it happened so just move on from it no mm-hmm. take your time and really focus on your healing yep 
Yep. I think that that's absolutely important. Um, don't allow anyone to to force you into a place that you're not ready to get into. So yeah, it's been quite a heavy episode. Um, it's been a lot to talk about, but I think um, it's it's really important that we keep having these conversations. It's really important that you know we we sit in that discomfort and we interrogate the many things that we've accepted as normal. Um, that actually have no place in our society at all because what it means is just a continuous violation of the rights and well-being and welfare of um, girls and women, especially in this country. So if um, you've listened to the podcast right on to this point, thank you so much for sticking with us. Uh, we would love to hear your comments. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the topic. Feel free to reach out to us. Um, and just send us your feedback. We love hearing from you all. Thanks. And if you want to, you know, if you want to reach out and hang out on the socials, our Twitter is at Muso Podcast. Find us on Facebook at Muso Podcast and on Instagram too at Muso Podcast. Once again, thank you guys for tuning in this week. Um, we hope that you liked the episode and, you know, as, you, as they said, we're waiting for your feedback. And we would also like to thank Right Click for, as usual, their assistance in producing this episode. Ibu Jaite, hit him up for your production. Amazing person. And, you know, we're truly grateful. So, you know, goodbye. And see you next week on a probably or possibly much lighter note than this one. Bye.